the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good updates and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black with Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Pick up the phone. Give me a call, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. You can also drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Like I said, anything you want to talk about, I feel pretty confident we can talk about on the show. So don't be shy. A couple things uh, to hit is we're in July, we're at a new month, new quarter, relatively young in that month, so there's some dollars that are coming in, not a lot of economic data to make decisions on, but we're starting to get some. Yes, it made your averages finished off their highs, but they finished higher. Utilities did well, consumer staples did well. Ten-year Treasury dropped 10 basis points to close 2.65%. I think that's uh, a little bit of relief from a sudden spike in short-term interest rates. That 10-year Treasury is something people are watching. Um, SP 500 is up five today. Dow's up 56. The Nasdaq's up two. Ten-year Treasury sits at 2.64. It had that big move from 1.6 to 2.7. Big spike. Gold's up 14 today, sitting at 12.50 ounce. Oil down slightly. So those are the you know the, the numbers. Priceline is ascending today. Intuitive Surgical, Natus Medical sliding today. Um, Intuitive Surgical needs some help. Shares are down 15%. Needs to help stat. They expect quarterly revenue of $575 million versus expectations of $630 million. Drop is due in part to negligence lawsuits stemming from the use of DaVinci. Prior to the losses, intuitive shares were right about where they started the year, up about half a percent. So that's pretty, I'm not going to say brutal. Next is another medical crisis in the world, Natus. They dropped more than 13% yesterday. The company lowered its preliminary revenue outlook for the quarter. Shares have been up prior to the fall, so they're down about 8.5% over the last week. WD40 in the news. They uh, beat earnings last night. Stock is up 14%. Revenue came in above consensus expectations. 
Every man has to have a bottle of WD-40. Shares are up 19% to date. Priceline big winner. Morgan Stanley changed its rating on Priceline. There's a big race between Google, Morgan Stan- um, Google Priceline and Apple, who's the first hit $1,000 a share. Kind of feels that way. Now, again, Apple way off that, that game at this point. So uh, Morgan Stanley calls them an overweight and puts the price target at a little bit over $1,000 a share. Price and shares are up 725% in the last five years. Pretty amazing, right? little price negotiator action. So back to the markets. Overseas markets, China up modestly. They had a inflation number come out higher than wanted. So you probably won't see a lot more stimulus come out of China because of that unwanted inflation. There's two Dow components today in the news. IBM getting a downgrade to neutral from Goldman Sachs. That's going to drag on the Dow. DuPont getting a downgrade. They, too, are on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. This is right before earnings. So, basically, analysts are changing their stance to more correctly reflect what happened in the last 90 days, is the thought. So, Alcoa last night, pretty good number on earnings, pretty good number on revenue. But we don't really care about Alcoa because they're tied towards the price of aluminum, and you can't really control that. The price of aluminum is weak, to say the least. So why do we talk about alcohol? Because they're a big international company that's got exposure to many markets. Um, Some high-end stuff like aerospace, some low-end stuff like bottles. Um, So not a lot of economic data to chew on today. The IMF updated the world economic outlook a little bit weaker than expected. Wednesday, we get the Fed market meeting notes. And that's tough to get excited about, right? I think it is. Maybe I can try to get excited for you, but I don't know. Um, Other stories of note today? Let's see what we got. Warren Buffett's donating $2.6 billion in Berkshire Hathaway shares to the Gates Foundation and other charities. Buffett, who's pledged to give away 99% of his fortune, has already given away $20 billion, the second most generous man on the planet. His friend, Bill Gates, has given away $28 billion. So, the giving continues. I think that's a nice story. Um, Some of the charities that got part of this $2.6 billion were founded by his kids. So I'm not going to knock that, but it's interesting to note. Again, trust me, I'm not this generous. So I could only dream of being this generous. Yesterday there was a piece of economic data that came out that's important to look at. Consumer borrowing jumped more than expected in May as Americans charged away on their credit cards. Total installment credit, which includes auto and student loans, increased at an 8.3% annual rate, the fastest pace in a year. Total consumer credit debt, which does not include mortgages, rose by $19.6 million in May to a record $2.8 trillion. Credit cards and other credit 
revolving credit drove the increase. So that's one of the reasons I like Visa, because they're not a credit card company. They don't give credit. They just transact it. They don't give debit. They just transact it. Now, interest rates jumped recently, and that may uh, push up rates on credit cards. So maybe these numbers will reverse. Maybe not, but you get the idea. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Tesla's going to join the NASDAQ 100 next week. Some people will buy it in advance of that. Just throwing it out there for you. If you have a 401k, you probably have choices like invest in Dow Jones, invest in Average 30, invest in the Dow Jones Transports, invest in the NASDAQ 100, the Russell 2000, the Russell 3000, the Russell 5000. So being added to an index, it probably helps the shares have a little bit more support. It's not the end reason of ever buying, but uh, it's worthy of note. Oracle's going to leave the NASDAQ. They're going to be a component of the New York Stock Exchange, which is considered more uh, hoity-toity. I think that's probably the word I'm trying to use. Not easy to use hoity-toity in a sentence. Don't forget, free Slurpee Day comes up in two days. 7-Eleven, the nation's largest convenience store, is uh, up in their free Slurpee Day. So July 11th, i.e. 7-Eleven. So you get a lot more Slurpee this year than last year. So I'm just throwing it out there. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financials. Carlos Slim just invested $40 million cash into Shazam. Shazam is one of those apps that's pretty cool. You could play it right now and it would tell you who's singing the song. It'll tell you if they're coming in concert. It'll ask you if you want to buy tickets. Do you want to download the song? The investment comes through American Mobile, which is Slim's company. Some sort of strategic alliance. Shazam's got 350 million people worldwide. It's pretty impressive. It brings in $300 million a year through digital sales through with affiliate partners such as Apple's iTunes. Interesting little investment. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about today. SP 500's up 5, the Dow's up 56, the NASDAQ's up 2. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Chad, one of the biggest, most successful investors of all time, Warren Buffett. 
And a lot of people like to quote Warren Buffett, you know, kind of like be like Michael Jordan, be like Warren Buffett in investing is the whole idea. Do you have any favorite phrases by Warren Buffett? Favorite phrases by Warren Buffett. I'm not a guy that really kind of holds on to the the phrase idea, but you know he has a lot of fra- phrases that make you want to buy things when everybody else doesn't want to buy them. For instance, right. pain today, gain tomorrow. Right, is something that's attributed to him. Never now, was he buy when there's blood on the streets. Is that I don't see, know. I'm awful with quotes. Yeah, yeah, I can remember tax code, but I can't remember quotes. I mean, look, the, the thing about Warren Buffett is he's the kind of guy that likes to invest in what he can understand. Which is another phrase that he has, never invest in a business you can't understand. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I know it's in there somewhere. So he wants it simple like McDonald's because you, know, you eat at McDonald's. He wants it simple like Nike because you wear Nikes. Or in his case, you know, Coca-Cola because you drink Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't want you going out and buying the next great, you know, Oracle. Oracle is a pretty complex business investment you know, tied towards databases and business software that the average person won't be able to wrap their head around it other than to say, I know they're doing something very high, highly skilled. Yeah, and when he typically gets into plays like that, um, you know, a lot of his deals that he does, remember, are these convertible bond deals, where it's really an issue of loaning money at a high interest rate with the ability to turn around and buy the stock if the stock rallies. So he gets funded on the interest rate side, and then he has that total upside potential if he's able to go and invest in a company that turns around. So what he's doing is he's loaning money to companies that need it, but they have a turnaround plan, and the turnaround plan makes sense to him. Which is funny, because he does have a phrase out there called, turn around, suddenly turn. And he's telling the average investor, don't count on the common stock being saved quickly. Don't expect the big companies made a huge mistake to be able to uh, resuscitate themselves. Like an Eastman Kodak. Mm-hmm. That's been a turnaround story for 10 plus years before going into bankruptcy. It, it never turned. It never, it never got the, the corner that they needed to get. I think this is the second time they've been in bankruptcy since you and I have been doing radio together. And another you know, a good example of a company that just can't turn around, um, Hewlett-Packard, they're having problems turning it around. Will they? Probably. Probably. But when? We don't know. So stay away from those kind of investments. How about this one? Be fearful when others are greedy. Be greedy when others are fearful. That's one of the best ones because if you look at, there's a uh, Callan Periodic Table of Investments, and you can Google it. Callan Periodic Table of Investments. How do you spell Callan? C-A-L-L-A-N. Okay. And uh, there might be an H in there, so don't. Quote me on that one, but I believe it's I believe it's not. But you go to that site and you can see that every single asset class rotates, especially on the small and mid cap and emerging market side, which has been the best returns really over the last two decades, and where two thirds of the growth is going to be coming from, which would be emerging markets over the next couple of decades. They're very volatile, and what happens? They'll spend three years at the top of the heap, the best asset class ever, and then they'll spend two to three years at the bottom, the worst asset class to be in, and so people typically look at their 401ks and they're always buying the, the best one in three-year average returns. You want to look at it and say, what's the 10-year average return and has it, has it done bad the last couple of years? You typically want to buy the ones that have a really, really good 10-year average return, but they haven't done so well the last two years because that's, that's when the timing's right. When it's scary to buy it, that's when you get the highest returns. And another phrase which that leads straight into is, unless you can watch your stock decline by 50% without becoming panic-stricken, you should not be in the stock market. Well, you've got to define every investment. Is this investment a trade yep. where you're only willing to accept maybe a 7 to 10% loss? Or is this a long-term investment? And if you're buying the stock, it's got a, a dividend that's being increased. Its earnings are growing. Its revenue is growing. It's doing everything right. It's continuing a dividend increase, but it might sell off 15% because of other market issues, systemic risk issues from debt, whatever it may be. You're, you're willing to let your long-term investments fluctuate more in price because you're getting a dividend all the time that's always going up. 
versus a trade that you're making that's that you're only going to get rewarded on the share price. And final topic for Warren Buffett, Chad Burton, CFP. An investor should act as though he has a lifetime decision card with just 20 punches on it. Do you kind of agree with that, that you know we only invest from age 20 to 60, and you probably should treat your investment decisions as you only make 20 of them, so make them correct? Yeah, I mean, 20 investment decisions would be hard to keep it to. That's that's you know yeah, it's, it's a little limiting, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a little scary, but people will make the same mistakes two to three times before they figure out their their actual mistake before they stop doing it. He's probably just saying, be be honest with yourself and think before you jump. You know, look look before you leap. Yeah, you know, and the younger people, they just their their biggest asset is their ability to earn money. So you need to protect that and grow that with education. I mean, you've got to get highly educated in this type of an economy that we're in, where the f- unemployment rate's four percent for highly educated people. You can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. He is a certified financial planner. You can also find his personal website, chadburton.com, chadburton.com. <laughs> I'm having a little trouble with my voice today, so I'm trying to save it. Um, to get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Someone sent me a email question about a really small penny type stock. Hmm. I tend not to pay attention. It's not that I don't believe in the opportunities that are out there. It's that it's really tough to make money in penny stocks. The markups are high. The information is very, very slim. So a lot of times you were just buying a story. So you have to be kind of cautious about that. Um, I tend to prefer that you buy something, especially as an individual investor, that you've seen since you were a little kid, that you think your kids will see when they have little kids. Get fancy later. You can call us on the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. This is Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. California Society of CPAs. To Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. One of the things I like to try to do is show you not just. Capitalism works over time. Stock market goes up 7 out of 10 years. Those are great odds. Your odds of eating fast food today are 1 in 4. Your odds of making money are, are much better. There's things that you need to be aware of, just as you need to be aware that the stock market works over time, that capitalism does pay off. It's not always pretty. There's an economist who referred to capitalism as creative destruction. I kind of agree with that statement. 
One thing that I want you to stop doing is buying stuff that you don't need. One of the things that you can get, you know, I'm not going to say yourself into trouble with, is that you know you start running too many things in your life. I pay for a podcast service so that you can get this podcast basically free of charge. A little electricity on your download, which is a big energy drain. Old routers, by the way. One of the things you could do is unplug all your things that are plugged in to save money. If you have anything plugged in, it's going to cost you a little bit of money every month. It's kind of vampiric in nature of the way it drains. So start unplugging things, especially when you go on vacations. So one thing that you don't want is insurances that you don't need. You may get a pitch for insurance that pays off your loan if you die or become disabled. It pays only the loan balance that you have. I'd prefer you get disability insurance and life insurance. And that'll cover all your expenses, not just your debt. Accidental death and dismemberment insurance. These policies are sold through credit card companies. A buck, a buck twenty will get you thousand dollars of coverage. But they only pay out if your death or injury is caused by an accident. Accidental death. Only people with health issues that make it difficult for them to get regular life insurance should consider that policy. Mortgage life insurance is an insurance you do not need. If you die with an outstanding mortgage, the policy pays off your loan. Mortgage life policies tend to be expensive for the coverage you get. The value goes down every year as your mortgage balance decreases. It pays only your mortgage and it doesn't cover your heirs. It doesn't give them any flexibility to use the money for anything else. You're better getting a term life insurance policy. Dental insurance. Oh, this is a tough one. A lot of policies pay for cleanings and checkups every six months, annual x-rays. You typically pay annual premiums of 180 to $600 for policies that generally cap coverage at 2000 per year. If you have... Any dental work done, it's pricey. So instead of getting dental insurance, floss your teeth. I was talking to a dentist once, and I always like asking experts, like, tell me what you use, especially doctors and nurses and dentists. Like, my dentist said, don't get the whitening teeth, toothpaste. It's hard on your teeth. If you want to use something, use the chemicals that I have here. Now, again, I can see self-interest there, right? Of course. But one of the more interesting ones is he has a water pick in a shower. He says it doesn't have the mess of putting it on your cabinet. And it's in the shower, and water picks are great. Uh, he said floss. If you only have time to floss or brush, floss. So I would consider a flexible spending account for dental insurance. Instead, in lieu of dental insurance, that I would consider flossing. Um, car loan gap insurance pays the difference between the amount you owe on your car loan and what your auto insurance company will pay if you total your car. You may be able to app gap coverage to your auto policy for less than the lender charges you for standalone protection. So consider going through your own car insurance versus getting it from the car company when you're buying it. So, wedding insurance. 
Don't buy it. If it's canceled because of a natural disaster, death, illness, then your bankruptcy or other problems, policies generally cost 155 to 550 for about a million dollars in liability. You may have liability protection through the vendors that you hired. You may already have coverage for some of the risks in your homeowner's insurance. So read your policies. Keep in mind that there's something referred to as an act of God or a natural disaster. The biggest risk of weddings not going off is cold feet. And that you cannot insure for. So just think some of the things that you don't need in your life. Um, That's what's stopping you from becoming wealthy. And, uh, you know, again, like I said, I pay for a podcast service that one day I'm not going to do a podcast. I'll probably leave it on a month or two months too long, right? Old subscriptions to websites or newspapers. Now, one subscription service that I think a lot of us dig is Hulu. They've attracted three bids of over $1 billion from suitors, including a partnership of AT&T and Churning Group. The three highest bidders also include DirecTV and Guggenheim Digital Media, which is jointly bidding with a private equity firm. <clears throat> Look for Hulu to have their deal done within a month. It could be as little as soon as this week. Hulu was created in 2007. It's got 3 million subscribers who pay $8 a month for its premium service. So it's generated revenues of about $700 million last year. It sells advertising for its free service. AT&T would obviously be a big winner. Proposed price tag in excess of a billion dollars. Increased likelihood of sale. News Corp and Walt Disney wanted to sell the company in 2011. It didn't happen. But now the dollars are getting to be just about right. So we're going to see that company go at some point. Probably the most important piece of economic news today was IMF. They're trimming the U.S. growth forecast and the world forecast. They lowered the global outlook by two-tenths of a percentage point, forecasting 3.1% growth in 2013 and 3.8% growth in 2014. They see the U.S. growing GDP at 1.7% this year and 2.7% next year. Just, I'm not going to say a slight reduction, because when you're talking about two-tenths of 1%, you're talking about billions and billions of dollars. Some of the notes they also said, some emerging market economies are facing protracted recession. There's risk of longer growth slowdown in emerging market economies, especially if capital flows out of these economies as the Fed pulls back from its stimulus plans. So as the Fed raises interest rates, you're going to see some people say, you know what? I don't want my money in an emerging market. I want my money in the U.S. market in a 10-year treasury. So some of this inane stuff that I bring up does have power. The housing recovery, very bumpy ride right now. It continues to gain momentum. It's providing a boost to the economy. Home buyer demand is fueling construction. Home ownership, though, not really all that affordable. For a number of Americans, more than 20 million households are spending more than half their income on housing. Some of that's rentals. You should spend no more than 40%, no more, and more like 28% on your housing costs. 
Baby boomers are turning to rentals. The number of renters aged 55 to 64 grew 80% between 2002 and 2012. So it grew 80%. Wow. There's a lot of challenges right now. Foreclosure activity has fallen. More than 1.4 million homes are in foreclosure. That represents about 3.6% of all mortgages, and it's more than four times the average of 0.8% from 1974 to 1999. So it's cautionary out there. With rising home prices, helping revive household balance sheets and expand residential construction, adding to job growth, the housing sector is finally providing a much-needed boost to the economy. But long-term vacancies are at elevated levels in a number of places. So it's not totally easy. And again, the affordability of a home is, is troubling. Too many Americans are stretching. 20 million Americans are spending more than half their income on their house. Wow. Since the 10-year Treasury went about 2% on May 22nd, three of the top seven S&P 500 laggards are home builders. So home builders really, 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 their stocks were hugely benefiting with the low interest rate on the 10-year Treasury. And it's probably exaggerated how much they've been hit, but D.H. Horton, Lunar, and Pulte Homes are some of the biggest laggards right now. It's a sector no one wants to be in. That's typically when you make money. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I missed a Pat O'Hare. Let's send my apologies to Patrick O'Hare. Maybe I can get him on later in the hour. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's Rob Black, your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Earnings will beat estimates from Bloomberg World Headquarters Minute. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. So we're in a new month, July, new quarter, third quarter, new earnings season, looking back at second quarter. Let's see if we have Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com, chief market strategist, market analyst. How are you, Patrick? Hi, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. So sorry that I blew you off last segment. Not at all. I uh, listened to you, and I learned I, that I think I need to floss some more. Isn't that funny? <laughs> There's odd ways of saving money, but losing a tooth is like $6,000 to have it extracted and put a, a fake one in. Um, believe me, I know. <laughs> With that said, uh, let's talk more earnings season, more fundamentals, more your line of work versus my line of stupidity. But uh, what do you think about Alcoa last night? Um, you know, I, I don't think there's any were any huge surprises in Alcoa. You know, they, you know, amazingly enough, beat by a penny. Um, uh, revenues were down though, two percent. Uh, they stuck by their global demand forecast. I mean, you know, Alcoa was it was okay. I mean, they saw some operational improvement, um, but 
you know, again, it's, it's pretty consistent, though, with some of the, the trends we've seen overall when you look at certainly the weak top-line uh, figure and, uh, and the fact that these companies still remarkably find a way to keep coming in just ahead of uh, the lowered uh, analyst estimates. It's interesting because I have a coworker in television who, first thing he said is, should I buy some alcohol? And I'm like, pricing of aluminum just not my thing. It's too weak. But he looks at it as a $7 stock that used to be 40 and he sees opportunity. Um, comment on that? Well, you know, I mean, there is some opportunity. I don't think this company is going out of business, uh, but there could also be a large opportunity cost there as you wait for that turn to happen. Um, you know, there's really no telling when that, that could be. I mean, you could be looking at multi year period of time where the stock is just dead money, if you will, while, you know, other stocks, you know, do quite well. So um, it's probably one of those stocks where it's, it's intriguing. Maybe you start dipping your foot in the water here with a long-term position, but I won't get over eager with that position. Uh, and, you know, you're just going to have to bide your time because, uh, you know, with commodity-based companies, I mean, a lot of it, it you know, function of supply and demand, and there's clearly a surplus right now, and that needs to be worked out. And once it does, um, you probably do start seeing better pricing and, and of course, better underlying earnings growth uh, from Alcoa that will translate into, you know, stronger stock gains. But for the time being, it's probably going to be a, a case of where you're going to need to be very, very patient to uh, to realize that potential. What do you make of some headlines out there, Mr. O'Hare, tied towards this isn't a buy-and-hold market, or is it a buy-and-hold market? What do you make about those you know, fist-strong kind of statements? Yeah, you know, it, I think it's it, a lot depends on, you know, what it is you're buying, right? Okay. You know, and, and if you're going to, you know, sit there and kind of maintain that, the old adage that you just buy and hold and you're just going to do fine over time. You know, I think if you're, if you're just buying the Spider, you know, the S&P 500, um, yeah, you know, it's, I think that that a tried and true adage, you know. I mean, over the long term, you know, the stock market has been a great wealth creation machine. And notwithstanding the uh, extreme volatility and the difficulties we've seen over the last 10 years, you know, um, the, the the long, much longer term track record of, of the market is, is impressive and it's worth, uh, you know, sticking to that adage. Now, you know, if you're looking at something, um, uh, you know, just say like maybe like a, a Netflix and I We'll put out the caveat. I don't follow Netflix specifically, but you know that stock's had a tremendous run. Uh, it's it's a high beta name, and if that company disappoints, uh, I think like we're seeing with a company like Intuitive Surgical today, which is down over 60 points, I believe, off of an earnings miss. Um, you know there could be some real fallout, so it may not be the best quote buy and hold stock. But uh, it really is going to depend on kind of how you're approaching and, and what you are actually buying if you're going to stick with that type of adage. Okay, um, let's turn the page and talk a little IMF. They're coming out and lowering global expectations, U.S. expectations. I guess they're resetting emerging market expectations a little bit more, volatility a little bit lower. Uh, do you put any value in IMF surveys? Um, you know, we struggle with a, a number of the surveys, really, because, you know, they, it's not hard data, um, you know, and that includes like the ISM survey, um, these consumer sentiment surveys, uh, which we see often that, you know, people say one thing and they do another. Um, you know, the IMF growth outlook, uh, heard you mention in your earlier segment, obviously was, was lowered. Um, 
and for the U.S. specifically, if they're looking at 1.7% this year and 2.7% next year, I think you could pretty much just throw out the 2014 forecast because, um, you know, it's going to change. Um, but, you know, I look at it as a market analyst here and you see, you know, notwithstanding the lowered growth forecast from the IMF and the OECD and the Fed and the ECB, you've got stock prices that have continued to rise. You know, so the market's loving it. You know, why? Well, because that means major central banks around the world aren't going anywhere, right? They're going to keep pumping in uh, easy money, and that uh, you know the market's just eating that up right now. With that out there, uh, what are you working on right now, Mr. O'Hare, that we need to be aware of? Well, um, looking at you know the earnings uh, reporting season, of course, uh, okay. got underway with Alcoa's report last night, and uh, going to be following that. Obviously, um, things are going to start to pick up in earnest uh, next week with a real rush of uh, earnings reports. They're not going to get a whole lot out of this week; just a couple other big names, J.P. Morgan and Wells Fargo, on Friday. But you know, you'll see uh, you'll get a little bit more insight with next week's reports. But also going to be looking at the FOMC minutes tomorrow uh, from the June 18th and 19th FOMC meeting. I think they're going to be a market market mover, but uh, I'm going to be watching carefully how the, the Treasury market in particular reacts to what are likely to be some increased indications that Fed members are leaning closer to a tapering uh, than not, and uh, one would like to believe that that's been factored in already, but if we see another you know, major hiccup in the Treasury market on something that is presumably already known, um, you know, will create some questions as to what's really going on there and could create some problems for the equity market. Anything else you want to finish with as we've got about a minute? Well, you know, one thing uh, also of note is the Russell 2000, which is an index of, you know, smaller cap companies tend to be more domestically oriented, uh, broke out to an all-time high uh, yesterday. So um, interesting development. Uh, it might be a early indication that uh, there's a rotation into these names that are more domestically focused, given all the problems we have going on still in Europe and China and Africa. Uh, you might see that move into a, the more safe haven uh, U.S. area, and that's uh, going to bode well probably for those small companies. Who better to talk about Live Cool, the breakthrough business network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be considering you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances. Insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Good morning and welcome in to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. First hour wasn't my best, but it's behind me. Got a little bit of a weak throat today. Uh, save money. Invest money. Climb the mountain because you're going to remember that. You're not going to remember your day that you put in at work. Go climb a mountain. Do something fun. Do something special. That's what the show tries to get the message out across. I'm not always successful at it, but I'm trying. Um, markets respond very favorably to lack of surprises. There was no surprises on Alcoa. Uh, China has had some inflation, but we're okay with that today. Markets ended up higher yesterday. We're still, I'm not going to say early in the trading, because it's starting to, to get on with it as the day goes on. But we're still up 
Nasdaq's up three, thousand forty-two. SP five hundred up six. Ten-year Treasury sits at two point six percent. Gold up eighteen dollars to twelve fifty-four an ounce. Wall Street climbing on earnings optimism. Alcoa didn't mess things up. Alcoa is the first one to kick off earnings. Um, a little bit of a boardroom thriller out there today. Intuitive Surgical getting clobbered. That's what comes when you buy an Intuitive Surgical. It's high flying. It is a great story. Ticker symbol is ISRG. They've got this little invention robot that does surgery on your bodies that are less invasive than other surgeries. Less invasive means lower costs. Well, maybe not lower costs, but uh, less time in the hospital healing. Intuitive surgical down 86 bucks today, down 17%. That's pretty brutal. Now, it comes with the territory. It's a high-flying stock with a high valuation. In 2006, this was a $90 stock. Now it's a $413 stock. In 2008, this was a $209 stock. Now it's a $414 stock. It's had pullbacks like this before. So it comes with the territory. Um, I know it's uncomfortable when you see stocks get hit like this, especially if you own them. company is sinking on their forecast and the flurry of downgrades. Uh, the shares continue to lose ground. Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, Raymond James, J.M.P. Securities, Canaccord Genity, all lowered expectations. Canaccord said, quote, Results usurped our most bearish scenario and represented their worst system placement performance, down 6% year-over-year since the height of the financial crisis in third quarter of 2009. Cohen wrote that while there are some positives in the quarter, the company's susceptibility to CapEx pressures is an issue for concern. So it's pretty bad as far as the quarter goes. It's an expensive technology for hospitals to implement. And, like I said, it comes with the territory. I don't own shares of Intuitive Surgical. Maybe I do through, like, index funds like NASDAQs and things like that. But I think you get the idea. Um, Other stories of today, of note, the IMF is slashing global growth forecast. Mm. Tesla's being added to the NASDAQ. Oracle's jumping from the NASDAQ over to the NYSE next week. Las Vegas home price is up 33% since last June. Now, I always look at numbers like that, and it bothers me. Because I don't think the average income's up 33%. And you can't live in the world of ignorance. And if you listen to this radio station, you'll hear a lot of ignorance. If you watch TV, you'll see a lot of ignorance. That, you know, housing always goes up. They're not making any more of it. Just dumb statements like that. Affordability is part of the formula. And when you see, you know... Uh, big numbers like that, it, it makes you go, what's going on? Las Vegas is one of the communities that is being used as investors are flocking into it. That is good news and bad news. You know, markets may have buyers and sellers for sure. 
Institutional investors bought 10% of houses sold in the nation's 100 busiest real estate markets, up from 5% last year. One of the cities that they're most active in, you guessed it, Las Vegas. Vegas, Phoenix, Vallejo, California, all markets that got crushed on the downside. All seen some people scoop up. Charlotte, Raleigh, and Greensboro, seeing more than an 800%, 320%, and 140% increase in institutional investors. That's pretty crazy. There's a company called Landsmith. They've acquired 1,000 homes in the past six months. Latest purchases have included some in Houston, Charlotte, Raleigh, Nashville, Indianapolis, and Columbus. So, opportunity was never just about a few markets. It's all about all markets. You have to take a look at them as a group. You know, homes differ like golden clay. I tend to say if you want to own real estate... What you're probably going to want to look at is something near a major job market. That's one way of you know, protecting your potential downside. I know you're saying you got to cover your hiney. That's right. Average U.S. monthly rent rose to $1,062. In New York City, the average rent is $3,017. I think the low interest rates are going to be very positive for the rentals market on the side of the owner. Um, what else do we have? We are in a market that is creeping higher as interest rates are moving higher. Rising rates are a good thing in theory. It tells you the Federal Reserve is cutting some stimulus that the market doesn't need it. Central Bank would still be buying bonds smaller amounts after the tapering starts. Probably going to start in September is the expectation. Because the economy has been so sluggish, rising rates should be considered a sign that pace of business is picking up. And the demand for loans rises and the cost of money picks up as well. So we are so below long-term yields that and long-term trends that the Federal Reserve is, you know, starting to lift its foot from the gas or starting to take a little bit off the table. That's okay. We don't need all that punch. But it's going to be a transition. Did you call on the air? It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I do have an event coming up in Marin. It's a Thursday evening event. I get to Marin about once a year, so this is it. Um, sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's First Thursday of the month of August. So it's coming up. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. You're Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. This is it, the apocalypse. 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Got a little bit of a sore throat today, so forgive me. You can email me, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. I got a nice little uh, email that I'll share with you a little later. And I got one that's a little troubling that I'll share with you later. Uh, Both of them came in the last 24 hours, so if you sent something in, know there's something coming. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's take a look at the market numbers. We've got the SP500 winner up nine points today. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 60, and the NASDAQ up 15. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Retirement, it's big, big, big decision. When do you do it? How much do you need? Where do you live? Many, many, many questions arise, Chad. Thoughts on questions in retirement? Yeah, I mean, the first one, and I asked this of a client uh, yesterday that happened to be diligent saver. Um, I mean, this is a guy that um, is worth, you know, over $6 million. Wow. And he does stuff like he has a business trip to L.A., so rather than drive his own car down to L.A. and put miles on it, he finds a deal where he can, for four days, rent a car for a total of $100. (laughs) Drive down to L.A., drop it back off in the airport, you know, when he gets done. And so I asked him, I said, okay, you're talking about, we're talking about retiring from a certain company in a couple of years. He, needs, he wants to say, because there's a certain amount of options that are there, that it's really a good paycheck if he stays and, and, and is able to exercise those options and RSUs. So I asked him, I said, what are you going to do when you retire? You're 53 years old. What, what are you going to do? It's like, good question. I don't know. I can't play golf all week long. I can't do this. He's just like, I'll probably take some time off then and maybe look for a fun startup to work for or something like that. So are you ready to retire? What, what are your passions in life that's going to get you out of bed every day? If you don't have those, then transition into retirement. Then figure out what those passions are. Because just because you have enough money to retire doesn't mean you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. like I've got noble causes of, of teaching kids to read and teaching kids to swim, but yeah. I might get tired of that. Like I don't have a clue. I can't answer that, what, what I do in retirement. I can't either. You know, my passions now in life are things like snowboarding, hell skiing, that, that type of stuff. And, and that's I can't picture what I'm going to do when I'm older. Uh. I've got to wait until my knees give out, and then I'll be able to figure that out, maybe travel again. So, you know, I, I, my plan is to enjoy those types of things now. And uh, I don't know what I'm going to do when I'm 60 years old. Yeah, and when I look at people who are 60, 70 and who are just hanging out in town, they don't look happy to me. Yeah. I have a plan. That's for sure. And then that's when you can say, okay, can you afford to retire or not? That's when you can answer that question because... Funding your retirement lifestyle? Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, being able to afford to retire is using the right projections. It all comes down to, like I've talked about so many times, is knowing what your expenses are yeah. and knowing what your extra retirement expenses are going to be. It's not a cut in expenses. It's usually an increase because that first five or ten years, you're spending more money on your travel, your gifting, seeing the grandkids, second home, RVs. Well, the guy you mentioned, you know, $6 million in his 50s, it's, he's too young to retire. He needs to work for companies that give him health care. He's got a lot of money. Don't get yeah. me wrong. No, but he, he, that health care is expensive. It is, and, and that's the other thing is that, you know, in terms of your retirement and putting into your expenses, health care is going to get more expensive based yeah. on the Affordable Care Act. Um, costs are going to probably go up from from everything that I'm reading. And the Medicare reimbursements are going to go down. So that means things like deductibles and co-pays will probably increase on your Medigap coverage. Um, so that's why when we sit there and we, we itemize all of the expenses, anything that's healthcare care related, co-pays, dentistry, 
prescription drugs, we're putting 5 to 6% inflation riders on them. Everything else you can be 3%. That's fine because in, in retirement you can control inflation on everything except your health care costs. Food, your consumption goes down. Travel goes down. But the health care goes up. So whether or not you can afford to retire, you can say, okay, normal expenses at 3 3.5% minimum growth, 5% inflation on health care costs. Make sure that even though your investments could earn more than 6%, don't use more than 6, 6.5% long-term rates of projection on your portfolio to see how long everything's going to last. Can you truly afford to retire? Do you have enough safe money and do you have enough dividend yield off your stocks and enough interest off your bonds to actually afford to retire? I'm liking it. Um, how about the, the age-old concept of Social Security? Some people that I know say take Social Security the moment you qualify for it. Some people would say, look at your parents. How long did they live? And, and Take it later in life if they lived, uh, you know, a hundred. Then take it as late as you can take it. Yeah, I think I think that's a huge mistake. The only time that we're looking at saying, okay, take it as soon as you can take it is when, um, you know, there's health issues. Now, most of the time on most of the plans, especially for people that are 55 to 65 years old, we're running social Social Security Max software which talks about you know when to file, when to file and suspend and put it off, and if you have two people that have worked. Uh, the spouse that made the least amount of income can take their own benefit for a while and then switch to a spousal benefit later. So maximizing Social Security is very important. And, um, you know, people are living till about 86 to, to 90 years old is kind of a current rate, but you got to plan to live till you're 100 years old. Not me. I know you don't want to. Nice. We had lunch the other day. You said you're just waiting to die. I'm waiting to die. So <laughs> Life is so good to me, I'm just waiting Sucking to die. Sucking down bacon, washing it down with scotch, and waiting to die. You know, wait. <laughs> I'm taking I'm a disparage. That's a disparaging comment. I have to. <laughs> I'm not sucking down bacon. For the record, you'd need to eat about seven strips of bacon to die early from bacon. A hot dog is a lot worse than bacon, and I don't eat hot dogs. So I, I'm allowed to eat more bacon. Don't knock bacon. Turkey bacon. Turkey bacon. Oh. <laughs> Filthy comment. Filthy comment. <laughs> You're listening to me, Rob Black. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. IMF trimming world and U.S. growth forecast. Big story of the day. Free Slurpee Day coming up July 11th. Two more days. It's going to be a bigger Slurpee than last year, in large part because moms want lids. It's a way of bringing people in, getting by chips and hot dogs, but also a celebration of the sugary wondrous that is a Slurpee. Twinkies are back on the shelves. Hostess is bringing back Twinkies. They last a long time. So uh, they've actually added 45 days to the expiration date on the package. And some of the ingredients haven't changed much. I think there's 45 different ingredients in a Hostess Twinkie. CEO leaves Barnes & Noble after losses on e-readers. Warren Buffett donates $2.6 billion in Berkshire Hathaway shares to Gates Foundation and other charities. He's now given away over 20 Billion dollars, while well, Bill Gates is given $28 billion. Tesla's joining the NASDAQ 100 next week. And uh, I'm going to get some emails when we come back off of break. So don't be shy. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Um, rob at robblack.com. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. And uh, I put up typically two videos a day, sometimes a little bit more, depending on what I have to pull from. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220.
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. One of the things I'm incredibly pleased about is that I've got good friends and loved ones around me. One of my good friends is a guy named Joe Cannon. And I don't see him enough. He's a professional soccer player for the Vancouver Whitecaps. He used to play for the San Jose Quakes. 16 years in the league. I grew up playing soccer. I was a keeper. He's a keeper. So we're both kind of crazy in that, you know, sort of similar vein that you have to have a lot of courage to stand in that net and uh, try to block as much as you can. So he's been playing 16 years. He's clearly at the twilight of his career. He's making $190,000 a year. That's all going to go away when he stops playing. Now, he's been in the league long enough that he qualifies for a pension, so that'll be nice. Pensions are great. Pensions are wonderful. But pensions are, in large part, a way of the past and not the future. So my parents, my dad had a great pension, and my mom's still benefiting from that. My dad served in the U.S. military for 30 years. Um, I can tell you that you know, pensions are, are, I like to consider them the conservative part of your portfolio. Sometimes they're enough. Sometimes they're not. Um, so Joe Cannon, and I bring this up, he's been playing 16 years. He's going to face a change in his life of what does he do next. Does he make that kind of money? Does he not make that kind of money? Um, I'm sure he'll be successful because athletics does train us for the inevitable career which he's starting very late. So let's say he wants to get into commercial real estate. He'll be 40 years old and getting into real estate for the first time ever. It's not ideal, but it's, it's far from horrific, right? So I just throw that out. You and I, we work 10, 20, 30, 40 years. We work from age 20 to 60. I got an email yesterday from someone who was disabled for the last eight years. And disability isn't attractive, it's unfortunate because I think some people in the United States are actually addicted to disability. They want to stay on that you know, government program as long as they can and not really have to work. But no one really wants that in the end because you're not pulling in anything. You're barely getting by. So that was sad. Disability for eight years. One thing that I bless every day is my health. I'm so damn lucky that I have my health. Um, it keeps me in that ability to earn income. I work in radio and television. If I lose my teeth, I'm not going to be in television. I might not be in radio. So it depends on how much it hits my, my voice. So I got an email yesterday. Two emails, in fact. Uh, one of them was was just downright sweet. I'm writing you because I turned 33 years old today, he says. This comes from Manny. Reflecting on my life and how blessed I am, I felt compelled to write you know. I got married at 16 years old because my girlfriend got pregnant. So now he's 33 and he's been married 17 years. That's impressive. Congratulations on that. He says, I quickly got my high school equivalency and a couple of dead-end jobs started as a helper at a plumbing company in Mountain View. They're on writing with one of the guys I was introduced to talk radio in your program. I busted my butt for eight years and go on... My days off at first to ride with the foreman at no pay just to learn everything about plumbing. So, okay, let's start with this. High school equivalency. 
he now starts having the hustle to say, okay, I don't need to get paid. I'm just going to ride with the foreman so I can learn everything I can. That is go get them. He further says it in his email, it was then that I started saving my 10% for retirement, which I learned from you. I opened up my own company in 2006 by myself. Now I have done about 10 guys working with me. The advice I've learned from you through the years has been priceless. I listen to every one of your podcasts while at the gym or while in the office. Uh, okay. You can give me some of the credit. That's fine. But anyone who saves 10%, you get the credit. Uh, because that's tough to do. He further goes on to say, I have yet to go to one of your events, but hope to so in the near future when you come back to the Palo Alto area. I now have a few hundred thousand saved up and religiously investing at 15% of every dollar I make. I recently started a 401k for my company. Awesome. He's upped it from 10% saving to 15%. He started a 401k for his company and is contributing the max plus the profit share and options I'll have. I'm excited of what my future has in store, and I'm confident I'm on track for retirement. This letter is no way to brag about myself, but to genuinely thank you for all you've taught me. If you need a plumber, I would love to go help you just to hang out a little while and chat. Please forward this to management, both at blah, 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 blah. Um, He goes on to say, you've made a difference in this, and I'm sure many other lives. Take care and good luck. Um, That's very, very sweet. And again, I get the credit, but trust me, people like CFP Chad Burton, people like Manny, uh, who take the steps to educate themselves on money, it's them who are doing it. Uh, it's not me. I just have a good vehicle for talking. Uh, got another email. and You can email me, rob at robblack.com. This one says, and this comes from a friend of mine, that I think she did the wrong thing. But I'll start there by telling you. She says, hey, Rob, I liquidated most of my stocks and mutual funds put towards a down payment on my townhouse. I decided not to tap my Roth for IRA for my down payment. Maybe I should have. I'm thinking of starting up with mutual funds again, like Vanguard Total Stock Market Index. I thought about trying to acquire individual stocks again, but I'm not sure if a mutual fund is a better way to go. Um, so she basically liquidated her retirement so she could own a home. And I think that was a mistake. I think she's still a good person. But she fell prey to, I have to own a home, I have to own a home, I have to own a home. If you can rent and save the rest, do. Now, this is not the easiest rental market in the world. You know, my mortgage payment, let's say it's 3500 probably, you know, early on in mortgage, probably saving, you know, put in towards equity about 8000 a year. Um, that's nice. But if I could do that and rent, I would. Or I'd at least consider it, depending on your money issues. So she is basically was saving for retirement. And now she's like, okay, I'm going to put it in my home. A little bit of a damnation game. you got to keep those two separate. Your retirement's your retirement. Your home's your home. Um, I think she's in trouble. In the end, I think that's going to bite her pretty bad. Um, if there's a correction, I mean, certainly, I think we could all agree that um, the housing market is not safe. She owns a home in earthquake country. The housing recovery has been nice. It's been moving swiftly. But homes don't always go up in value. And your home isn't going to uh, afford your trip to Egypt to see your children and your grandchildren. It's not going to afford your, you know, uh, lifestyle. It's nice, but it's not the only way to invest. 
a home is a liability. It's not an investment. It becomes an investment over time. And the fact that you're paying yourself rent is probably one of the better things, but tax consequences are also great. But I think it's a world that we live in that you can't sacrifice the future for the now. Um, I'd rather sacrifice the now and have a, a better future. But, you know, I'm not going to totally slammer because it's free Slurpee Day coming up on the 11th, and I'm all excited about that. You know, uh, I don't know, 12-ounce Slurpee versus last year's 7-ounce Slurpee. I feel like I'm getting 40% more. And you're saying, you're a loser. You don't really drink Slurpees, do you? No. So I got another email from Matt, and he said, how far are stocks from a correction? If anyone tells you that they know that, they're lying. To me, investors have to be careful to avoid loaded terms, vocabulary words like carnage and meltdown and sell-off. To me, a correction is a buying opportunity. A correction is considered to be 10% or more decline from a recent high. A bear market is 20% or more from that high. So a 10% correction means the Dow would have to fall to about 13800 it's about a thousand points above that right now. A correction is it a fleeting hiccup, or is it the start of something horrific? I've never been killed by a correction. I've never been killed by a bear market. I survived them. All I got is a stupid T-shirt. I like them. My best buying opportunities, short term, have been when the United States invades Iraq and goes after Saddam Hussein, because markets freak out in the short term. But in the long term, my best buying opportunities were big market corrections and, and bear markets. So bear markets can be painful. Bear markets tend to last 400 days. They result in a decline of 30%, but to me that's 30% off. They're fairly common. They're not uncommon. The fact that we haven't had a correction in months and months and months and months and months in months and months and months, it, that scares me more so than the correction that's going to happen. Do I know exactly when a correction's going to happen? I don't. So, that being out there, I don't know. Just trying to help you out a little bit. Don't fear terms like corrections and don't get caught up in the media hype of, you know, bear markets and carnage and meltdowns. If you don't see those as buying opportunities, if you're under the age of 60, I, I, I can't convince you of anything. The chief of Barnes & Noble is leaving the company after three years on the job. Is he leaving because they're going to trash the nook so that they can continue to have retail stores? Amazon's Kindle Fire and Apple's iPad kind of squeezed out the, the reason to have a nook player. I saw one in an airport, and I said, how do you like it? And the guy said, it's awful. Microsoft is a potential buyer of that nook business if that does get put up for sale. Just drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Facebook fan page, Cron4, Rob Black. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show.
environment without leaving home. A place with no violence or profanity. A place safe enough to let your kids roam free. Optimism earnings will surpass estimates from Bloomberg World Headquarters in New York. I'm Mark Mills. Stocks are rising percent. The 10-year note up 132nd at 2.6. Back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So you probably heard about the plane crash in San Francisco. What is the financial angle on that? There's a financial angle. Asiana Airlines is going to likely end up paying hundreds of millions of dollars to passengers. There's probably not a claim out there that's worth less than a million dollars. Many will be worth multi-million. I don't know how you feel about lawsuits. I'm talking about the reality of what's going to happen here. It's the first fatal airline crash in the United States in nearly four years. The Boeing 777 attempted to land, clipped the end of the runway. 182 people hospitalized. A lot of people are going to suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, which is an insidious illness. People can't return to work. They return to work, they're fine, then they melt down six months later. So, U.S. Airways passengers who landed in the Hudson, they they filed a lawsuit. U.S. Airways gave a cash settlement before that was ever turned into litigation. Flight crew was celebrated for landing the crippled plane and saving everyone's life. The airline did not return a call when, you know, asked about how much was paid. But settlements will be larger for people who were injured in a major way. The two Chinese girls who were killed, they'll be compensated lost wages, pain and suffering, and medical costs. Won't mean anything if it's pilot error or if it was just wind shear. So it's going to be interesting to see how that company negotiates that. Uh, Boeing may end up having to pay any damages, even if they're, you know, uh, named or not named in a lawsuit. Uh, will they be? Will they not be? Um, there's a lot of different plays here, and again, I'm just. I think it's the lifetime of lost wages that continues to come up in a story like that. And that's why you get life insurance. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm leaving the airplane story now. That's why everyone should have a 20-year term life policy. It covers the 20 years of working before you're wealthy. I read you an email from about a plumber who over the last 20 years has accumulated hundreds of thousands of dollars. Because he maxed out his 10 to 15%. If he dies at age 40 with you know, $100,000, $400,000, probably not as important to have term life. Because he's already accumulated investments. But he's still 40. He's still pretty young. So maybe he gets a smaller policy for the next 20 years. Does that make any sense? I think it does. Anyhow, um... Free Slurpee Day. <laughs> I'm not getting paid by 7-Eleven. I hate 7-Eleven in the sense that anytime I see someone in there, I know they're paying too much. And it's just that financial guy in me that says that's not a good thing. 
So controlling your cost, very important thing. Um, stories of note as far as the market goes today, Alcoa beat earnings expectations, and they basically said, you know, we're seeing pretty good demand worldwide. They uh, said global demand growth forecast 7%, but that's for demand for aluminum, that's down about 2% from last year in revenue. Regulators are proposing a dual standard for bank leverage ratio, 6% for large banks. Um, it'll be nice to finally see legislation ironed out and delivered to the banks so the banks could start operating efficiently again. China had some hot inflation, which probably means you're not going to see more stimulus coming from them, which probably means maybe some of the commodity plays will continue to remain weak. Today we're seeing strength in energy, industrials, and materials. We're seeing weakness in financials, healthcare, tech, and telecom. We're starting the day off kind of wonderfully. The last three days on Wall Street, including today, the last four days, have been some of the four best days put together in many, many years on the Dow. Ten-year Treasury bonds, it's at 2.62% today. That was so much in the news for about a month that it's finally starting to taper off a little bit. Uh, we're starting to get kind of used to the higher concept of... We are no longer in emergency rate modes. SP 500 is up 9, the Dow's up 60, the NASDAQ up 15. Intuitive Surgical is going to murder today, as is Natus Medical, but Intuitive Surgical in particular. Uh, They make the Da Vinci Surgical Robot. They're going to miss revenues by a lot, 10%. That would be like you telling your wife, I'm going to make $120,000 this year, and then saying, whoops, 10% lower than that. I'm not saying there's hell to pay, but Wall Street's taking some skin from intuitive surgical today, to say the least. Down 88 points. Yesterday was a $500 stock. Today it's a $411 stock. Um, That's humbling, I think. WD-40 in the news. Ticker symbol is WDFC. They're up uh, 6% today after reporting better than expected revenue and earnings. I always like kind of piecing this together and seeing what we learned. I'm in the camp that we have a better economy framed by better jobs, but it's really going to be more of a third and fourth quarter seeing it, whereas the second quarter as we're hitting earnings season, it's going to show us a little bit of weakness. Numbers have come down aggressively. So we'll beat those numbers. But we'll look back in history and say, that was a pretty weak quarter. We're getting a housing recovery, but we're not getting a wage recovery. Wages need to start improving. Very, very important to watch. You're listening to Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Take a break here. Back in 22 hours. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.